Liverpool battering Manchester United, Real Madrid winning in Barcelona's home. We have all that and more coming up on this episode of the Final Third Podcast. Before we get to any of that, please give us a follow on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave a rating on Apple Podcasts if you would be so much inclined. We read any five-star reviews on the show. As always, follow us on Twitter at Final Third Show. The link will be down below, as always, as always, as always. All right, enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Final Third Podcast. It's Monday. It's our news and prediction episode. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts, AJ Tabura, a fan of Minnesota United, West Ham United, and the U.S. national teams. And as always, I'm joined by Jack. Yes, hello. I'm a fan of Chelsea and Minnesota United and Atalanta and, of course, the U.S. national team and French national teams. Woot, woot, Jack. We are going to be talking about some of those teams. In fact, one in particular we're going to be talking about in the scoreline segment of our oh, podcast. I wonder, I wonder which one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe the one that battered a relegation team 7-0. Yeah. Seven to zero. Yeah. 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 Uh, and... That's a little bit of an allusion to what we're going to be talking about later on, which is a bunch of scorelines from this week's biggest matches. Uh, We have a huge amount of things to talk about this week because a lot of things have happened both on and off the field in the soccer world. So I'm really excited to talk all things soccer with my friend Jack over here. But first, as always, follow us on Twitter at Final Third Show. We're going to be talking about predictions uh, and you can actually be a part of that by following us on Twitter at Final Third Show and filling out the poll that we release every Monday and Tuesday. And if you do that, you can compete against both Jack and I to see who's the best predictor. And newsflash, this week it was neither Jack nor I. So Ooh, I wonder who that could be in a three-person game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that is, of course, going to be later. Uh, talking about the predictions. Right now, Jack, we're going to be talking about some big stories that have happened in the footballing world, starting with some score lines. Uh, but before we get to actually any of that, I do want to ask you one question before we talk about those score lines. Yep. And have you seen the Tim Melia body slam on Christian Roldan? Oh, you mean the WWE takedown? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, of course I did. Yeah. Uh, it should be a red card. It should It, it should be a red card. It should be. They, <laughs> he literally takes him. It's it's if you've ever seen like a Metal Gear Solid or like yeah. that game, yeah, just literally. Like, just grabs him <laughs> and just takes him down into the shadows. That, that's it. It's should have been a red. Yeah, it should have been a red. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I really want to talk about this on the top of the show because it, it, it's kind of funny. Because thankfully Roldan's not hurt, uh, but Melia was basically holding on to Christian Roldan. Christian Roldan was kind of backing and like nudging Tim Melia back when uh, there was a. Corner kick. Oh, yeah. A ball yeah. ball that, that could have been claimed by both of them. You know, it, it, it could have been a foul on Roldan. I, I could definitely see that being the case. Maybe even a yellow for him. But definitely a red on Melia, right? Yeah, Because, like, yeah. it, it goes, it's one thing to, like, kind of, like, push back at him because you're getting pushed. And it's one thing to, like, really escalate the situation by slamming him into the ground. Yeah, it's, it's MLS, not WrestleMania. Yeah. It, to that point... The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, actually tweeted, <laughs> quote tweeted the post about this, laughing about it, saying like, oh, this is like my move, right? And he, <laughs> and he was like, I bet this was a red card, right? Nope. The Rock's wrong. It was apparently just the yellow card. 
Uh, we it, they got called out by uh, the Sounders social media. MLS social media was also like, hmm, this is this is a, a wild move. Ha ha ha. Overall, the, the referees in this league sometimes, many times, are subpar. Would you? Agree, I, I think Jack? most of the time are, are subpar. Although some referees get. Uh, get get a little bit of a rough end of the deal. Just a quick thing as well. Uh, referee in the LAFC versus Minnesota United game. Oh, AJ, yeah. did you see that one? Yeah, he got a uh, he, he got slide got tackled. Rocked, yeah, he got slide tackled by uh, one of the LAFC players. A little bit of a rough one for him. Yeah, uh, he was okay though. Luckily, uh, still went on to make some interesting decisions <laughs> in that match. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, not the best night for MLS referees. Oh, definitely not. Yeah, but it was a very good weekend for us neutrals that are watching a lot of these soccer games that were happening across the globe. So let's talk about some of foreign in particular that really piqued people's interests, starting, Jack, with El Clasico, Barcelona versus Real Madrid. Uh, one of, if not the biggest and most important club games against the two Spanish La Liga sides. It ended up being 2-1 to one in favor of the visitors. Yes, Real Madrid won in the 25th minute, you know, to get the, the, the timeline going. 25th minute, you know, what it looked like was Barcelona was playing at least decently. They were in the game, so much so that they had a really golden opportunity. Sergino Des, who's been playing on the right wing for Barcelona, uh, got a great look at goal in fact he had a 0.34 xg oh so he scored it oh yeah 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 no no he (laughs) actually skied it to the point where i'm kind of uh wondering if that ball has even touched the ground yet that's how that's how badly he missed it oh no yeah he had the 0.34 xg which doesn't seem like a lot when you compare it to other shots like that is when you have like a one in three chance of scoring that's still like Pretty good odds when you're considering just like trying to score a goal. Right, right. And he missed the sitter. And then it just got bad to worse for Barcelona. David Alaba, the center back, new center back for Real Madrid, scored a fast break banger in the 32nd minute. A great first goal for, again, a center back. <laughs> uh, and after that, it was kind of more of the same. Real Madrid were kind of you know, keeping their shape. Barcelona's couldn't get anything in the attack going. Lucas Vasquez puts the game away with a rebound in the 90 plus third minute. But of course, who else would Aguero scores uh, in the 90 plus seventh minute? Not as a winner, but as a consolation goal. And this ends up being two to one. <sighs> I mean, really, it's this came down to Barcelona not being able to finish. Both sides had issues with that. But Geez, Barcelona was rough when it came to finishing those chances. Dest was not just the worst uh, offender there. There's a lot more there as well. Jack, I guess the question for for you is like, are you coming out? And what do, does Barcelona need to do to to fix this ship? Because this is kind of just indicative of how their entire season is going. Like, do, do you ha- do you have their position on the table off the? Back there, yeah, painfully uh, mid table, right? Yeah, they're ninth place, oh uh, below oh the likes, gosh. below the likes of Rayo Vallecano, who got promoted this season. Wow, and Osasuna, who are bottom feeders in the table generally. Uh, they're also behind Athletic Club, Real Batiste, uh, Real Sociedad, and yeah, and it's not looking good for them. And to answer your question, I think, yeah, I don't think Komen's the right fit for this. 
it, it's clear that you know his um attempt to uh dutchify the team to bring in Maybe, to bring yeah. in a ton of uh netherlands based talent just didn't quite work out uh you know i mean depay has been playing okay but he he hasn't gotten he hasn't been scoring a ton recently uh you know it it is kind of tough because you know you've lost one of i mean not one of the best player in the world uh for my money at least uh in general maybe not on form right now mm-hmm. we we both know who that is but <laughs> yeah. uh still like he he's working with a tougher squad to than usual but at the same time the names in the squad he should be getting better results than right. what he's getting like you know Memphis Depay Ansu Fati Sergio Aguero Sergio Busquets Gerard Pique Jordi Alba Frankie Dion like th- this team is more than capable of being above at least Rayo Vallecano and Osasuna. Yeah. Like at least at, at the very least this team should be top 4. This this team should be qualifying yes. for the Champions League. Yes. And even then that would be for a lot of Barcelona fans a failure, but that is kind of like the bare minimum with this squad. And the squad isn't it's not great. I mean, some of those names that you mentioned kind of old kind of right, past right. it but they still have they still have quality exactly you know? exactly so what, what do you think barcelona should do to fix this ship it does it require firing their current head coach that's the thing about it i'm not sure if they can fire him because i don't think they have the financial resources to do it which is why oh, yeah. I, I don't think they're firing him because <laughs> next season their salary cap is decreasing immensely they're going to have almost no transfer budget they don't have any real resources right now to spend either. Like all of the signings they got this summer, just think they're all freeze. Like there, there's not many sign like big money signings that they made because they can't. And firing Coleman would require some resources, and he's in his last year of his contract. So is this his last season? Yes. Okay. So I think they're just gonna wait it out because they. I don't think they can afford. Uh, otherwise, if it comes at risk of not qualifying for the Champions League, do you still think that? they keep with him because that is looking increasingly real i mean yes it's it's 10 games into the season yeah and yes it's like also they lost to real madrid which is like a very good team but still ninth place a little under uh a third of the way through the season this is we're getting to the point where we can actually start looking at the season so far as a legitimate sample size and so far the sample size is pointing towards barcelona not being even close to a title contender do you still think they stick with Komen, even if it might look like they're gonna miss out on that top four uh positions i honestly think they're just going to have to because wow you know the the thing is like with the limited financial resources they have they have to decide between you know expending millions of dollars to fire Komen, right or save that money to try and get some transfers in Mm -hmm. this summer and you know i i feel like they they have to go for the saving the money i i think they do if it's his last year of his contract i think you've got to let it run at run down unfortunately for them because it it, it's it's just not good the financial picture of the club is in is really just shambles like it's bad uh there's no other way around it so i think it's very possible that they just have to stick with him because (laughs) there's <laughs> just no financial That's so way. tough yeah ah well that, that that is obviously not what you want to hear as a barcelona fan but still this is this was a very good win for real madrid who uh what is their position in the table jack they right are now? second one point behind first place 
Rail Sociedad. Okay, and they have a game in hand. They do, yes. It, like, it looks like that they are probably, along with Atletico Madrid, obviously, favorites to win the league. Actually, I don't even know where Atletico Madrid is. They are in fourth, okay, and yeah. they are three points off the top. Okay, so uh, like them, Sevilla, and Real Sociedad are currently making up the top four. And if I had to bet, I would think that Real Madrid are going to be, as of right now, on current form, knowing from past experience, going to be the likely winners of La Liga. And this this is exactly the type of win you need to elevate yourself to that contender status. Beating Barcelona in their own home, making it, I think, a record for El Clasico's in a row that they have won. I, I know the pandemic has you know taken some of that edge off for uh, those away games, but it's still super, super impressive. Yeah, so, four in a row. Yeah, big ups to Real Madrid. I'm, I'm sure they can continue, especially when it goes back to the Bernabeu uh, later on this season. Like Five in a row seems very likely, in which case I'm almost certain that it has to be uh, some record in this like modern era of El Clasico football. Probably, probably. Yeah. So big ups to Real Madrid, big downs to Barcelona, but big ups again to Chelsea Football Club, Woo! which Let's we're go. moving on to Chelsea versus Norwich, which uh, Jack, you guys scored a t- touchdown on Norwich. I know, right? It's, it's a, a touchdown plus an extra point and the extra point. So that is that is quite, quite insane. Uh, Jack, why don't you walk us through what happened in that game? Because uh. it was crazy. Well, I've got to say, I I didn't have the volume on and I couldn't celebrate fully with this game because I was supervising the ACT exam uh, this weekend while this was going on. But I did watch the game while I was setting up the room and everything to do that. So uh, it started off pretty much exactly how any Chelsea fan would have wanted. A Mason Mount goal, a beautiful goal, really. A, A good exchange of passing. Jorginho plays a good pass into Mason Mount who slots it right into the bottom corner. Uh, it was a really well-taken goal. And, uh, you know, he celebrates. It's his first goal of the season. He's been getting a lot of stick recently. So it was, it was a good moment for him. And then uh, 10 minutes later, Mateo Kovacic, who's been playing kind of out of his mind uh, lately, second in the Premier League in assists now, uh, he plays a perfect through ball to Callum Hudson-Odoi, who just flames the entire Norwich defense, really and slots it right around Tim Krul to make it 2-0. to zero. Uh, Good for him because he's been trying to break into this side. So uh, really, really well done for him. And uh, it, it, honestly, the way to describe this, it was just Cobham dominance. Uh, Cobham being, yep. uh, you know, Chelsea's training academy, right? Uh, <laughs> right before halftime, Reese James is, is coming up the flank. Mason Mount plays a ball to him, and he chips Tim Krul to make it 3-0 before halftime. Really impressive first half from Chelsea. Uh, they, the game was pretty much over to begin with, uh, to begin with after those first, that first goal because Norwich did not look up for it today. Uh, and then we go into the second half. And before you know, Chelsea can make anything happen in that second half, Mendy is called into action for... Did you see his save against... Uh, against um, no, I did not. Oh, he so Ben Chilwell plays a bit of a poor back pass to him, uh, and he he at first tries to run out to get it, but a Norwich player intercepts it. I believe it was uh, I believe it was Timu Puki. Sure, I believe it was. <laughs> he he uh, he uh, takes it, and he it looks like he's gonna slide the shot away because Mendy is out, 
he slides in and prevents the ball from getting anywhere close to the goal. Really top-class save from Edward Mendy. Uh, love giving appreciation to him because of he course. deserves it. And But then Chilwell atones for that error by scoring in a, in a fourth Premier League game in a row. He is, uh, in his last four Premier League games, he has scored in all of them, which makes him the first Chelsea player to do so since Eden Hazard as a defender. Wow. You know, and also the first English player to do it since Frank Lampard. Wow. So pretty, pretty cool for him. He's broken back into the side. AJ's upset because he had uh, he bought Marcus Alonso right after right before Chilwell yeah. got into the team on fantasy. Oh, not a, not a good investment. Uh, but either way, we, uh, it makes it four zero. Max Aaron's bit of a weird own goal. Uh, he tries to clear it. It bounces into Tim Krul and it crosses the line agonizingly for Norwich. Norwich were pretty much defeated at this point, but they get it. But then Chelsea get a penalty in the 85th minute and Mason Mount misses it. It gets saved. But <laughs> but VAR came to the rescue for Chelsea. Tim Krul jumps off of his line right before Mason Mount takes it. Like, I'm not sure if you if you watch the footage. I did. Literally right, right as he's about to take it, he just jumps like a foot off his line and uh, gets retaken. Mason puts it right down the middle, gets a second goal, 6-0. You think it's over, nope. but it's not because Mason Mount gets a hat trick after Ruben Loftus-Cheek revitalized. Runs down the flank, play uh, com- gets Tim Krul to commit to a challenge on him, passes it over to Mount, who scores a tap in. It's it's a it's seven it's seven heaven for Chelsea Football Club, three for Mason Mount, one for Hudson Adoy, Reese James, and Chilwell, and an own goal thrown in there for good measure. Oh, I, I can't believe I forgot to mention this. Norwich got a red card too. Yes, Ben Gibson. Ben Gibson. Yes, second uh, yellow. Second yellow card for a bit of a rough sliding tackle on Reese James. Uh, maybe a bit harsh given the first yellow card was a little bit harsh to give for for his challenge, but either way, uh, he got sent off. Changed the game for Norwich uh, quite a bit. Yeah, changed uh, the game from bad to worse. Yeah, yeah, really. It was. Uh, I. I. But let's talk about what this means for. Norwich, first of all. Okay. AJ, are Norwich done? Are Norwich done? Oh, they've been done before. They even <laughs> played their first game. I have some incredible stats to talk all about right, all Norwich. Right. Let's hear it. Norwich have scored just two goals. Ooh, and I okay. think one of them was a penalty. It was, yes. Yeah. In fact, I don't even know what the other goal was, which is crazy because they've only scored two goals, so it doesn't even matter like how they scored it. The fact is that they cannot score. It's been nine games, only two goals scored. They're Both of them were by Team Pukki, one penalty, one open play goal. Okay, okay. Well, hopefully he can score some more goals, because right now they are on track to score just 8.4 goals this entire season. Woo, let's the, go. For, for reference, the record for least amount of goals scored in a season was 20. They would absolutely obliterate. Setting obliterate records, record-breaking Norwich yeah. right there. Uh, the good news is, You'd have to believe that they at least will score a little bit more than their current record is showing. You don't have to believe it, though. Yeah. It doesn't feel like they will. It's currently not looking very likely, but from past experience, you know, they're going to get some, like, BS win over, like, some team that should over not Man be City. losing. Yeah, like, from <laughs> Man City or, like, more likely, like, Aston Villa and Everton, and everyone makes fun of them for, like, half a week or... Hey, after after this week, maybe Manchester United or Tottenham. <laughs> but it, it's just been bad from them. They're also on track to beat the least points record, which I believe 13, is 13 set by Derby County back right. in 
uh, 08 or whatever. So the question is, you know, why is Parka, their manager, still here? He got them promoted. But at this point, the plan is just not working. So much so that they will likely, almost certainly, be relegated for uh, Jack how many times? Record sixth time. Yeah, that is... They, they've got to set records somehow, you know. Yeah, exactly. Jack, is it even worth it getting rid of Parker? Or do you give him the, the rest of the season? Because <laughs> like you said before we started recording, nobody's saving Norwich. Yeah, just get him back down to the championship. He can thrive again, get him promoted and take him back down. It's it's a good cycle for him. Uh, but honestly, like he, who's going to take the Norwich job if if he goes like Daniel Farka likes coaching there? Uh, and it's also not entirely his fault. The players in this performance versus Chelsea had like no energy. They mm-hmm. they were like done after two nil. So it's probably a result of the fact that they've had to play so defensively, and they've also had some bad injuries, I, I believe, as well. Which yeah. to Todd Cantwell especially that has hurt them significantly. So I I feel like it's not entirely his fault, and I think you give him until Christmas at least. Okay, if. If he doesn't pick up, I, I'd say... A win? A yeah. point? <laughs> I mean, they have two points. Right. If he doesn't pick up a win, though, I, th- I think then it's time for him to go. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if... Or, like, if if they haven't scored, like, five goals or something, watch they'll score, like, three next week somehow against, uh, against Leeds. It's possible. Maybe. <laughs> it's possible, but uh, either way, I, I just don't know who would come close to, like, even trying to save Norwich because it's Sam Allardyce. I don't think he, even he could do it. I, I, th- I think it's beyond that. Even though the gap is only five points, it feels like about 30 for them. Yeah, I, I think I said this about Schalke last season, but it's one of those things where you fire him just because you're not going to get anything else from him that like to add to this club. And then you have an interim manager for a little bit, and then you bring in a manager who you're not getting to save you from relegation. It might be too early to call them, you know, relegated, even though, you know, from the outside perspective, everyone knows it's going to happen. But maybe later on in like March, you get a manager who comes in for the sole purpose of potentially getting them back up the next season. So they, they get the project rolling right, early. right. That's just the way I see it. But enough about Norwich. Let's talk about Chelsea now, which I'm sure you'll be oh, yeah. glad about. So, so much good stuff with Chelsea this so far. They, they've, Played so well recently. Like the 7-0 just caps off a really good month from them. They got 15 goals and only one conceded this month. Since Thomas Ducal has come, they have 17 clean sheets and only 16 goals allowed, which is... And five, and five of those were against one team. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Jack, even when Lukaku isn't playing too well and, and is injured, and injured, yeah, they're still playing very well, so... From your perspective as a Chelsea fan, why is that the case, Jack? Well, I think it's the system. Like, I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, Chelsea play a super defensive form of, of football. And it's like... Not really, because it's like a three in the back? That doesn't yeah, really mean that, that, that's what it. Yeah, it, it's, it's not defensive, though. And the reason why they're so good is that everyone is constantly moving and the ball is constantly moving. There, there is a very rarely a time where a player spends more than three or four seconds on the ball. Like the ball is constantly being pinged around. You know, if you if you watch them play, uh, their center backs constantly move forward and uh, and get into space. You know, you you see like people like Rudiger running into the into the opposition box. He actually had more touches in the opposition box uh, against Norwich than in our own box. 
So uh, to, and, you know, uh, the wingbacks as well, they're running into space. They're able to track back. Well, uh, our midfield, you know, Kovacic is really is really coming into his own this season. Like he's been very good for Chelsea in like dribbling in tight spaces. Good, good distribution. But he's adding assists to his game too, like five assists so far this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I, I also think the fact that they didn't play with an out and out striker actually went to their advantage because, you know, they were able to completely move like fluidly like there there was uh people weren't or defenders weren't sure who to mark right that's what makes them so tricky you're not sure like who's supposed to who you're supposed to be marking because the person you were marking five minutes ago is now over on the other flank so i i think they it makes it so tricky because they press high they're trying to win the ball back constantly and they're they're just really fast at moving the ball around and it really helps i it's almost like um you know, it's it's kind of like what Klopp is doing with Liverpool, which makes sense because Tuchel is is a big fan of Klopp's and they've mm-hmm. uh, they've actually succeeded each other at a lot of at multiple clubs. Right. Mines and Dortmund, I, I believe they uh, they both uh, succeeded each other at. So, yeah, there I, I, I think I think a lot of it has to do with the system. And also, I mean, the players are just good, aren't they? Like it helps when you have good players. Yeah. <laughs> so that <laughs> that 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 does help quite a bit. But. I honestly think the system, because, you know, if you look uh, in in the seasons under Lampard, Rudiger was probably one of the would probably be considered most people's worst offender in the Premier League Mm. for a lot of people. Like, I I think if you were looking at like top six or like uh, the big six defenders, most people would list Rudiger as pretty low on there. All of a sudden he comes into the system. Tuchel transforms uh, his role, really. And he's playing out of his mind really <laughs> so uh, i i think i think like uh you know a lot of it is the system and tuchel is just such a good manager tactically mm-hmm. so yeah i i could i honestly if if i don't if i don't stop now i'm going to keep talking about <laughs> them for hours so let, let, we should probably move on <laughs> no I, that's that's a pretty good summary of the situation from an outsider's perspective i'm obviously not a chelsea fan but mm-hmm. i look at this team and i'm like literally everything is going right the transfers, the, the, the budget, the, the coach, the head coach, the tactical uh, approach of everything, the actual players and how they perform. Literally everything's firing right now. Even with the minor setbacks of a couple of injuries, there's just next man up. There's just so much fluidity throughout the entire club's thesis, which is really cool to see. And uh, hopefully it continues and we finally get a season where Manchester City doesn't win <laughs> even though chelsea winning i guess it's not that uh special because it ha- has happened pretty recently I'll 2017 think. was the last time it's... yeah you're acting like that's not a like you know i i, I was I, I could remember what i was doing in 2017 <laughs> i can't remember the last time uh spurs uh, what i was doing when spurs won the title well you were negative 40 years old so yeah. i mean yeah I, don't, I wouldn't expect you to remember it's probably just chilling as like an idea in somebody's head yeah chilling sure. as an idea yeah but uh, let's move on from chelsea norwich and go to probably the marquee game of the week and that oh, is course. manchester united versus liverpool such a historic rivalry between these two very competitive uh, from even before the Premier League was even a league. And this ended up uh, not as many people expected. <laughs> a lot of people thought it'd be closer. Maybe people thought Liverpool would win, but not in this way. It was 5-0 to zero in favor of Liverpool. Let's talk about the goals. 
Naby Keita with the perfect start for any Liverpool fan in the fifth minute, assisted by who other than the best player right here, Mohamed Salah, right. gets the early goal. And then Diogo Jota, who a lot of people were concerned about him starting over Sadio Mane, who's also been playing pretty well. Turns out... All, completely justified. Yeah, completely justified because he gets the second goal thanks to an assist. Great cross from Trent Alexander-Arnold. James Milner goes down in the 27th minute, has to be replaced by Curtis Jones. But the goals keep on raining, even though that Miners injury setback did happen. It's Keita now going for the big man Mo in the 38th minute to make it 3-0. to zero. Going to halftime, that's already a pretty, pretty bad deficit. But it just got worse. In fact, in the 45th minute, Mohamed Salah again, 4-0, to zero, thanks to... No other than Diego Jota again. Now, Slot is on a brace, and Liverpool are just cruising. Yeah. Already at halftime, the alarm bells were ringing for a lot of Manchester United fans, people calling for Ole's head. And it went from bad to worse. Paul Pogba comes into the game in, uh, instead of Mason Greenwood. And then Mo gets his hat trick, 5-0. to zero. Assist by Jordan Henderson. And at this point, the game is, it's been over, but now it's really over. Yeah, and it yeah. looks like, honestly, they can score another five. That's how much Liverpool is running over this, this midfield and Manchester United's defense. Uh, I mean, that, that, that defense of Lindelof and Maguire, we know, <laughs> is bad. And the midfield. Uh, uh, of McTominay and Fred. Yeah. McFred. McFred. They did bring in Pogba, which helped for about 15 minutes because... Uh, Paul Pogba got a red card in the 60 minute uh, because of a pretty, pretty bad tackle on Naby Keita. Terrible tackle. Terrible I mean, tackle. In fact, it, Naby Keita had to get stretchered off. Yep. Uh, which is terrible because he's been playing very well recently. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just awful for him. And, and now Liverpool are down central midfielders, which are they have lost a lot. So yep. I'm sure a lot of people would have taken Paul Pogba not doing that tackle at all, not getting sent off, but still keeping Naby Keita pretty they were still going to win anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before that even happened, in the 52nd minute, Cristiano Ronaldo got a consolation goal. Ooh, except he was just like a foot or two offside. I, I'm not even sure if he was offside for it. I've, I've looked at it and it just... It, it was very close to the point where I was like, does that really give him an advantage? Of- right. It, it looks, it reminds me of like the, the offsides we got like in seasons past yes. where it, it was like... I, I don't really feel like it's an offside. It's really just because he's leaning forward slightly, like at mm. a at a at a bigger angle than uh, I think it was uh, Lindelof who played him onside. I think. Uh, yeah. E- either way, either way, like um, you know, uh, it's it, it's still it didn't it didn't look offside, and you you know I I don't like Ronaldo. Right? Yeah, and, and honestly, <laughs> like it, it probably should have been a goal. It probably should have been a goal, but it is kind of funny that Ronaldo didn't get his goal, and yeah. the scoreline stayed five to zero, which it stayed for for the rest of the game. It ended up being a historic loss. I think Manchester United's biggest home loss since I believe Manchester City in the nineteen fifties. Uh, no, no, because um, didn't they lose six to one against Tottenham at home? I want to say that was not at home. I guess I could I could check. I think it might have been. But I, I do know that this was uh, Manchester United's biggest lot home loss to Liverpool since before they were even called Manchester United. Oh, wow. So that, It was at home to Tottenham. Six to one. Interesting. 
or I guess this, this might be the first time that they have without with with blanking. I guess yes, maybe sure. And the, the first five to zero, I should say. Yes. That, yeah. I, if I'm running the stat right, that is what it is. Uh, Jack, how is Ole Gunnar Solshire surviving this? He had terrible player selection. It, like the the overall man management of this team historically has been very bad under him. The tactics, the the in game changes have been non existent. How is he still in this job, Jack? Because for whatever reason, the Glazers love him. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I talked about this last week. It's nostalgia at this point. It's being blind because of nostalgia. He was great in the he, he was great and he's living off of a goal in his reputation against Bayern in the Champions League final. He's been living off of that for literally two decades, I feel like. And it, it's got him this job where he hasn't been doing well. Uh, I, I mean, the recent form, I mean, yes, they beat Atalanta. That took so much work. It did. Yeah. And, and that should not be the case when you're at home. Right. And so they they lost to Liverpool, lost to Leicester, drew against Everton, barely beat Villarreal, right? In the Champions League, Mm -hmm. lost to Aston Villa, lost West Ham all uh, in the, in the cup. Their last win in the Premier League came against West Ham. And that was... Over a month ago. Yeah, and that was so close to being a draw if Mark Noble made that exactly. penalty. Like, like it, the margins for their victories, so, so slim. They're, they, they've, they're rely- it's not even just like, a, because I've heard some United fans say, oh, it, it's because Varane's out, that, that hurt us a lot. So what? Varane's out, but you should be doing better yeah. than getting battered at home 5-0. to zero. We, we trolled them for having Lindelof and Maguire and McFred in the mm-hmm. midfield. That that team should still not lose by five goals. Right. Yeah. Like lose. Sure. But lose by five goals. Yeah, exactly. Because there's a big difference between losing, you know, like trying your best one to two or like two to zero. Even once you get to like we're getting battered five to zero when you're at this high of a level, that's on squarely the manager. That means that there was some tactical uh, inference that he did not pick up on and Klopp did and that also means that uh, his player selection was just bad which it was and it just goes to show you that right now and for the past couple of years Ole has not been the man for this job no when you have the talent you have and you have spent the money you have spent you we can blame it on the, the Glazers and I will because yeah the fact, oh no it is mostly their fault I the think. fact that he has been fired yet is squarely on the glazers and the fact that they have made some poor signings including no offense to Jaden sancho but i feel like that money could have gotten somewhere else yeah probably even ronaldo i guess you can make that argument but at the same time right it a lot of it does have to fall on ole Gunnar solshire i think right now i think it could be like 60 40 ogs and the glazers like it's just it's just bad. Jack, do you think that he's going to get fired or do you think that they stick with him? They're probably going to stick with him for whatever reason because they they seem to just love him. I don't I don't get it. He he's not a good enough manager for this. They, it, and United fans know that. Yeah, and think about like it has been 4 5 years without a trophy for Manchester United. Leicester and Arsenal have won major trophies more recently than they have. That should not be happening yeah. to them. Especially not the current form of Arsenal and uh, Leicester, you know? Yeah, literally. They, they should not be in this situation where 
It has been four years without a trophy. It's Manchester United. They have a record for, you know, most Premier Leagues won, right? Most, I think most league titles overall as well. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I, I so it, it's, it, it, it shouldn't be the case. Like, they're, they're in seventh place right now. They are eight points off the top spot. I, I honestly don't know what their, what, what their plan is to stick with Ole because uh, I, I know a lot of United fans want uh, Eric Ten Hag to take over for, for him, which would not be a bad sign. Yeah, I, I, I love Ajax. I, I've realized this past week. <laughs> I, I like Ajax. Eric Ten Hag. Do you love Ajax or do you like Sebastian Allaire? I, I like, hey, to be fair, <laughs> I've liked Ajax for a long time because I did end up going to Amsterdam. I picked up some of their merch. Like, I love Amsterdam as a city. Okay, okay, okay. okay. I do. I mentioned Sebastian Allaire is a great <laughs> player. I love I love him. I also love uh, Tadic and all of those guys. But yeah, Eric Ten Hag would be a huge upgrade on OGS right now. And uh, Solskjaer, like for the past couple of seasons, every time they have a loss, every time that something happens, he's always like, trust the process. Like we're, we're doing so <laughs> you well. You can only like, trust we're, the process so much. Uh, yeah, Manchester United fans, and, and I'm a West Ham fan. I'm kind of getting mad <laughs> about this because I'm like, I want to see like good quality football out of Manchester United. Cause I, I just like want to see good quality football. That's just not happening. That's just not happening. Every time they have a loss, it's super annoying because every single Manchester United player goes on Twitter or whatever and, te- and tweets. Oh, like, we're sorry. We know, weren't good enough. We'll do better. They're like united. We're united. We're going to, we're going to bounce back. It doesn't look like united. It, yeah. It, it doesn't happen. Part of that is due to the players, but part of that is due to their, Let's face it, their unqualified manager still managing this top-level team when really I just don't see a future for him in, the, in like this level of the top flight no, un- I agree. Yeah. until he gets his stuff together because it's just, it's just bad. Like the t- how terrible his in-game uh, you know, ability to change tactics are. It's just... It's just from the front to the back to everything that he's done, we talked about like his, his biggest positive is man management, and even that's not that good. Uh, a hello, ever heard of Van de Beek? <laughs> Apparently, uh, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer hasn't. That's no. terrible man management. This is a broken team under a broken man of a manager. <laughs> oh, that's a bit rude. That's a bit. That's a bit rough. That's a bit. A broken tactical manager. There we go. Sure, See, sure. Tactics are broken. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to hear a crazy stat about uh, Solskjaer, by the way? I'd love to. He has been in management longer than Pep Guardiola. Yeah, because he wasn't he like in Norway for a while. Yeah, he, he's been managing since 2007. Oh, my gosh. 2007. He yeah. hasn't picked up on tactics in 14 years. Yeah, that, that, that's it. Crazy. I'm actually going to his Wikipedia page. I'm yep. pretty sure it's 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 either 2007 yeah, or 2008. He's with the Academy 2008 and he was with Molda, uh, Cardiff City, Molda again. I don't know, man. Like that's it's not an impressive resume. Yeah, because people are like, oh, well, he's like, you know, new to man. No, he's not. Apparently. He's not. He's not at all managing senior teams since for 10 years now. Yeah. So like the excuse, like, uh, you know, Chelsea fans, when Frank Lampard took over and was doing bad, we were like, oh, it's it's he's a new manager. Give him time. That's valid. He It, it was his uh, he, he had only been managing at the top flight for two years. Oleg on our Solskjaer, 10 years in first team football management. Yes. You you don't give him more time after that. It, it, at some point someone's got to say like maybe he's just not a good manager. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> maybe he's just not that great. And yeah, I, I think it's ridiculous that he's still employed there. Mm-hmm. But big not. shout out to uh, Klopp, though, for picking up on. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he tore him apart. I mean, that's just what Klopp does, though. Yeah, absolutely. Tactical genius. Ta- tactical genius. Of course, it happens when you have, you know, great players. Well, yeah. Including yeah. the best player in the world right yeah, now. Yeah, who I think is at 10, 10 goals. 10 goals, now, yeah. Leading the golden boot race. Good for him. Good for him. Let's talk about a striker or, yeah, a striker who is not leading the, the golden boot race, which is <laughs> Harry Kane, which, uh, actually, Jack, I had no idea that Harry Kane was playing for West Ham, or at least you'd think that the way that he helped us win. Uh, so this is West Ham versus Tottenham. I, I think this might be the first time I really talked about West Ham winning a game in the, the scoreline segment, yeah. which I'm pretty happy about. Well, why don't you take it away since it is your favorite team yeah. there? I don't have a lot to say uh, about the actual game other than like West Ham United. We, we let Tottenham have the ball. It was pretty much it was a David Moyes like masterclass. He was like he was like, Nuno, I am so certain that you can't create anything offensively. I'm just going to give you the ball. <laughs> let let your team putz around with it. And then we're just going to score off of a fast break or a set piece, which is exactly what happened in the 72nd minute. A corner, Aaron Cresswell, Mikel Antonio heads it in. Uh, Harry Kane just kind of stands there. He was supposed to be marking in that area, and he just kind of just watches it as if he was like a six-year-old and doesn't really care about soccer and just like <laughs> is just there for the the orange juice at the end of the game and the <laughs> orange slices. Oh and yeah, of course. Of course. It, it, it was it was rough from the Spurs side of things. Yes, they had a very good uh, defensive setup. I think Romero, Dyer were. Pretty good. Hugo Lloris had some great saves on West Ham, but then you move up to the attack and Smora, Dumbele, Son, Kane. None of them really came to play. None of none of them really connected in the final third. Especially Harry Kane, who has only scored one goal, has only had yep. one assist in the Premier League so far. Yeah, sure, he's scoring in the Europa Conference League. Wow. Still, top rate European competition. Exactly. This is very, very hard to watch as a Spurs supporter, but very great to watch as a West Ham (laughs) supporter who uh, is very glad that his club is now in fourth place where we rightfully belong. You know what? You know what, AJ? Do you know what that means, though? What? West Ham are the second biggest club in London. Congratulations. Hey, if it means we're better than Arsenal and Tottenham, well, I'll, I'll take it for now. I'll take it it's not that difficult at this point, yeah. it feels like sometimes, yeah. but yeah. it's still you're, you're good Good on West Ham for that. Yes. Uh, but bad on Tottenham. Bad on Tottenham. <laughs> yes. Like, like I'm, I'm always happy that we beat a, a London rival, especially our biggest rivals with Tottenham. But before this game, I was like, I have a really good feeling that we're going to win this because after winning the first three games, Tottenham have fallen to sixth place, scoring just nine goals in nine games, the attack is just not there. Defensively, we know Nuno is strong. I guess that's kind of true, but the the offense, like creating chances, it's just not there, and it's proven in the stats. They are 14th in goals per match. Nuno, this is a crazy stat. Nuno has played in four London derbies now as a manager of Tottenham. Okay. 10 to 1 on aggregates. Woo. I'll let you guess Nuno which ball. I'll let you guess which number they are. Uh, the one. Yes, it is the one. They've only scored one goal. Against Arsenal. I, yep. Yep. All losses, though. All yeah. losses. So. Or, it, no, no, no. One draw. Because no, Crystal Palace. 
Nope, they, they got beat by Crystal Palace. Oh, that's right. They, zero. Oh, I thought they drew again. They, <laughs> my, they, my bad. That was got, Arsenal who drew against them. They okay. got battered. Yeah, that's right. That was the downfall. This game against West Ham, they didn't have a single shot on target in the second half. Jack, is it Nuno out time? I, I know he's a good manager. Part of me really wants him to stay because obviously it would be funny if they kept on sucking. But <laughs> I, I, I really don't want to say Nuno out, but is it Nuno out time? I, I don't think so. I, I mean, a lot of the losses that they've had haven't been like bad losses, I guess. Uh, uh, save for like the Arsenal loss and, to- and Chelsea loss. But, but, but think about it this way. Their wins haven't been very good either. They won the first game against Manchester no, City. You're right, but you're right. That was without a, a striker or any option for them. But then they had like what a couple one zero wins against the likes of like Watford or whatever against Watford Wolves. Um, yeah, it hasn't been it hasn't been fantastic. But at the same time, I feel like you have to give a manager like Nuno more time than like half sure. or a quarter of a season, right? Give it, give him at least until Christmas. If he's not in like, you know, I I I'm not sure if I'd say top four spot. Europe, European spots in general. Yeah, like I think top five should yeah. be where, where they should be. Like the the spots that are guaranteed to qualify for Europe, right? They gave they gave Jose like the entire season pretty much until right until the end last exactly. season. Yeah. So yeah, so they, they gave him time. So I, I okay. think Nuno deserves some time. He is a good manager. Mm-hmm. Even though like the last season with Wolves wasn't the best. Well, like, without him and his that that's Okay. That's to be expected, yeah. I think. And yeah, you're right. Maybe a lot of this is the fact that Harry Kane. He doesn't seem to want to play for them. Yes. And I don't blame him. Like he he had an opportunity to move away, get a big money move for a, a club that yeah. really needed him. Uh, and the the hierarchy just wouldn't let him go. Yeah, Daniel Levy should have left him, let him Levy, you know. <laughs> that was awful. I'm sorry. Yeah, but but it is true. Like like. His trade value right now probably has kind of declined, at least a couple tens of millions from 100 to probably less than 80 or 70, you know, because it looks like he's not in great form. I know I know, pretty much any team in the world would want to have him still, but... I, I think Brighton might take him. Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> I, I think... I think there's only a couple of teams in the world, Chelsea probably being one of them, that wouldn't take Harry Kane in a heartbeat. But right now, it's just not looking good. So yeah. th- that, is, that is Tottenham versus West Ham. Jack, anything else to say about Nuno potentially being out and Kane I mean, being bad? The, the thing is, if they don't qualify out of the group stage of the Europa Conference League, then it's Nuno out. Oh, yeah, I, sure. I, I think that I think that's... I, I was thinking about it, like, what, what would be the appropriate, like, you know, metric... I think because right now they're in third place in their group. If they don't qualify out of their Europa Conference League group, then, then yeah, it's time for him to go. Okay. <laughs> like losing to Vitesse Arnhem, Chelsea's feeder club, really. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's that's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's move on to some more firings. Newcastle fire Steve Bruce. Not much to really say about this, but last Wednesday, Steve Bruce and Newcastle United decided to mutually split up quote unquote mutually yeah <laughs> earning himself eight million pounds in compensation Good not job, bad Steve not bad Bruce. for him. get that bag he finishes his time with newcastle with a thousand games as manager not of newcastle but you know his entire career okay uh he leaves newcastle after just over two seasons with the magpies winning only 28 games for a 28.9 percent win percentage since his appointment newcastle is 18th in points per game 
last in XG, only has 12 goals, yet has spent 93.3 million pounds, good for eighth in the league. Players Solid. like Alan St. Maximin, uh, Maximin, sure, Guardiola, Mikel Arteta have announced their support and appreciation of him. Never got so much abuse from fans. Sad to see, but good to see some solidarity. Jack, just very simply, I know you were kind of defending him, kind of not defending him. Do you think this is a good choice to fire him? I mean, it, it was going to happen either way. I think. It, I think uh, better now than later, perhaps. Maybe I, I would have probably waited until the November international break just so you could find a manager instead of going with an interim manager. But you know that. that I, I also think that he didn't do terrible at Newcastle. Oh my gosh, again with the... Not absolutely do terrible. Do you want me to read the stats again? No, 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 it's fine. They I, are I, 19th in the league. <laughs> they are two points off of Norwich. Okay, yeah, this season it hasn't been okay, great. Okay, okay. Yeah, he, I, I think in general he did kind of what Newcastle needed for the time, which was stay in the division at least. And, sure. you know, staying in the division with Joe Linton up front is kind of an accomplishment, I think, so... <laughs> All right, all right. Well, I am firmly on the, the Bruce out. I oh, I, I think it's a good move. I yeah, should clarify. Okay. I think it is a good move to get rid of him. It, yeah, I, I just think they should have lined up a manager to replace him first. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to New England Revolution winning the 2021 MLS Supporter Shield. Congrats, New England fans. It's their first MLS trophy. Good for you. They're currently on 69 points, just four points from breaking the all-time MLS points record. So big shout-out to Bruce Arena for being one of, if not the best, head coach in MLS history. Shout-out to Gustavo Bo and Adam Buxa for scoring an incredible 29 goals between the two of them. Great young players like Tejon Buchanan and Henry Kessler. Great star powers from their heir to the MVP throne, Carlos Heel. And, of course, the GOAT himself, MVP MVP goalie of the year, Matt Turner between the sticks. Jack, there's been a lot of debate recently about New England and their seemingly easier schedule. Easier because they've had to face opponents with uh, lesser points per game compared to some Western rivals like SKC and Seattle Sounders. So do you think that Newcastle, uh, like New England, uh, sorry, (laughs) something new is going on. Yeah. New England, who are much more successful than Newcastle. Do you think that they are the best team in MLS like the Supporter Shield, you know, kind of projects them as? Uh, we'll, we'll see in the playoffs because, you know, we saw, we saw we saw the Philadelphia true. Union last season do very well in the regular season uh-huh. and then flop in the playoffs. Uh, you know, I, I, mean, I mean, right now, as we're recording this, they're down two to zero against Orlando, by the, the way. They also rested almost all of their players like like if you look at that, that is true they are resting a lot of their they're like we have the first seed locked up let's let's just coast into the playoffs which is might benefit them who knows they did sub in heel buxa buchanan though yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's but at the same time like yeah they, they've played very well but i do think they have had a bit of an easier schedule if we're if we're being honest you know like how how many times have they played at chicago this season yeah, I mean, for reference, one, two. It, there's three. a big difference between playing the likes of Cincinnati, Miami, Toronto, and Chicago this season to even some of the the bottom feeders in the West, which are like Austin, Houston, all the Texas teams. I guess. Yeah, like those teams are still like pretty high quality. Not to say that some of those other teams aren't, but you know, I'm still on the boat where New England is very 
it's still a very good team. I think they'll do very well in the playoffs. If I'm a betting man, I wouldn't bet them to win the MLS Cup because there's only been one team in the last eight years to win both, which is Toronto FC in 2017. And that was a historically good side. So I don't yeah. know, man. I, I, I will say they only played one team in the Western Conference. And it was FC Dallas. And they lost them. That can't be true. It, I, I'm looking at I'm looking at it right now. They <laughs> well, they're playing Colorado coming up, so that's gonna okay. Be, that's okay. gonna be a great uh, a, a great look. Now I'm looking, and yeah, we, we got DC, uh, Dallas. They lost to uh, 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 Nashville's in the East, so yep. I guess that doesn't count. <laughs> it, it's it, they they have only played. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I that's what I'm saying. They they they, they actually have had. A comparatively easier schedule than than other teams. Yes, but I also think that the, the unbalanced schedule just makes it harder to really compare teams. I do think Seattle is one of. If I, I think Seattle teams. is still yeah. probably I, for for uh, for my money, they're still the best in in the league. But you gotta beat what's in front of you, and right now, New England Revolution. That is fair. They're That's doing fair. what's needed, and I think when you look at the individual quality and the fact that you know they're just beating these teams that they should be beating very handedly that goes to prove the fact that even if they're not like undisputed best team in the the country they are one of the best teams is definitely the best in the east which is should be enough for to get them to the mls cup final so we'll see how we'll see. that we'll turns see. out uh anything else to say jack other than congratulations no yeah i mean it's a great accomplishment for them uh, I, I mean, you know, we, we've seen a lot of great players from this team and, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I also am like you, I'm not so sure about their chances at the MLS cup because <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it is. I mean, we're, we're Minnesota United <laughs> fans, so we yep. know, we know about the struggles of the cup. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully good luck to them. Good luck to Minnesota United. If we make it, not that you mention them. <laughs> Let's move on. If to, we make it. Yeah. Let's move on to some real quick news. First off, Patrice Evra, the former Manchester United and West Ham United left back, in his autobiography detailed the abuse he was under as a child to the hands of a former teacher. And he wants to talk about it so other kids don't have to feel ashamed to speak up like he did. It's always sad to hear stories like this because you never, ever want to hear abuse of any kind happen. At the same time, to have like a role model like him come and speak out to hopefully lessen the chances of you know these abuses have it happening and not getting reported very good to see from him so thank you so much mr evra thank you for speaking your mind and talking about something that is obviously hard to talk about uh Wolfsburg have also fired their manager mark van abummel he lost eight games in a row in the bundesliga ending his stint after just four months with the club oof yeah very much oof they Finished last season in the Champions League spots, lost their manager, and of course, not been great so <laughs> yeah. far. They started really well. They were top of the league, the undefeated. Yeah, after four games, I think. Yeah, right? and yeah. then, obviously, collapse. collapse. So, hopefully, Wolfsburg can get back on top because uh, John Brooks is there. And, and potentially, Ricardo, Ricardo Pepe. Pepe mm-hmm. Even though I would rather him go to somewhere who where they'll actually play him because Whitehorse is... To very be fair, good. a very good player. Yeah, so yeah. hopefully for Weghorst's case and Brooks's case especially, they get back on their feet. Uh US men's national team corner, I guess, is next. 
I got nothing to say, except <laughs> I actually thought about this halfway through the episode. All right, all right. Sergino Dest as right wing. Uh, yes, that, w- that, that is cool to see on Barcelona, but for the U.S. men's national team, I don't think it's the right move. We've seen his output in the final third in, in this past game against uh, uh, Real Madrid. Like He's not a great final ball player. He's not even really good at delivering crosses. That's something that he does need to improve on. So hey, he generated 0.34 XG. Yeah, that is true. He's getting <laughs> in the positions. But if that was, say, Gio Reyna, Timothy Weah, Brendan Aronson, you have to imagine they'd get at least a couple feet lower than he shot the ball they, they get it on target maybe so i i think when you really look at the marginal benefit we'd get from him playing on the wing is a lot less than the than the loss we'd have losing him in marginal right back. cost the marginal you, cost you're speaking you. you're speaking in the economics terms. yes i am yes i, see, I am i, I remember ap econ yeah right, but, but right. it's true like we the opportunity cost <laughs> the opportunity cost of him playing on the right wing like, the drop-off is just huge in, in, in right back. Like, yes, we have Yedlin, Cannon, hopefully Joe Scally soon. But still, like, when you have a generational talent such as uh, a right back from Barcelona playing for this U.S. men's national team, you play him where he is most comfortable at, which is a, a, a right wing back position in a, a back three or as a very advanced uh, fullback right back player. Like you, you don't put him out of position when you have five options that could be as good or better than him so really like as many people on twitter are saying it's a cool experiment come actually it's not a cool experience kind of <laughs> uh, but i understand the necessity for it now but really when you look at it his best spot is bombing forward but coming back it, maybe right wing back is a happy medium for yeah him. exactly right wing back is a great medium especially if you play with a three in the back so Really, when you look at just like statistically how he does with in the right wing spot, yes, he gets assists, but he also is not the best at at generating the chances, at scoring the chances as other wingers do. When you look at the stats, when you look at the marginal cost and benefits at each position, there's only one spot you could be in. That's right wing back or right back. All right, that is it for the U.S. Men's National Team corner. I'll probably talk more about the November window next Sunday. But Jack, let's get into some predictions and it's a it was a dark week for us this week uh, more so for me than you yeah that that is true that is true jack why don't you walk us through the general uh, scoring system yeah, for this well, game well you get 10 points for getting the result correct you get 20 points if you get the exact score line correct and zero points for getting none of it correct spoiler alert for me i got a lot of zeros this week <laughs> After a very good week last week. The a very form, couple weeks, yeah. The form wasn't sustainable, unfortunately. Yes, yes. Well, so, yeah, AJ, why don't you start it off with apparently your new favorite team, Ajax versus Borussia uh, Dortmund. Yeah, yep, yep, <laughs> yep. All right, well, yeah, let's talk about it because it was a pretty bad game for Dortmund. We we, we thought that, oh, Dortmund's probably going to play well. They have, they have Erling Haaland. They have, they have the new signing Malin. They have all these. Marco Royce is really good. Well, apparently, just like always, their defense is the thing that lets them down. Uh, also, I mentioned Mark Royce. Funny I mentioned him because he scored an own goal in the 11th minute. Hey, he scored. Yeah. He, well, scored, he scored more than the rest of his team combined. That is true. That is <laughs> true. Uh, speaking of scoring more than Dorbin, that's exactly what Ajax did because Dali Blind scored in the 25th minute, Anthony scored in the 57th minute, and former West Ham player. Uh, not great for West Ham, but apparently great for Ajax. Sebastian Allaire, 72nd minute. 
made it four to zero. Yes, that's right, four to zero against uh, a team that should be playing better than this. They they're pretty good in the Bundesliga. Borussia Dortmund not so well in this game. I have to mention Sebastian Elayer also got the two assists uh, for his uh, other teammates as well. Pretty good on him, man at the match. Defense for Dortmund is just non-existent, which has been a worrying trend for the past couple of weeks. Hopefully that gets sorted out, but for the entertainment value, it was kind of funny to see them just completely fail. Uh, Jack said 2-1 to one in favor of Dortmund, zero points. I said a draw because I was just like, no, I think Ajax can really like do it. I think they can get a good result. Apparently they could do even better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> zero points. Listeners was like, yeah, Ajax is a good team. We see it. You guys are dumb. And we are dumb. They said Ajax would win. They're right. That's 10 points for them. Jack, why don't you walk us through the two games that we've already talked about? Yeah, well, we've covered both of these. Manchester United versus Liverpool finished 5-0 to zero in favor of Liverpool. Solo masterclass. Mm-hmm. United disaster class. Yes. And AJ guessed the right number of goals, but he said 2-3 to three, uh, in favor of Liverpool. So he'll get 10 points. Uh, I guessed, <laughs> and couldn't be pretty much further off, a conservative 1-0 win for <laughs> Liverpool. I'll take the 10 points, though, as points were hard to come by for me this week. <laughs> and the listeners, they, they knew about Liverpool. They, if they saw Ajax, they saw Liverpool winning this. So they got 10 points for picking Liverpool yes, as well. Yes. And Barcelona versus Real Madrid, El Clasico. Uh, not quite a classic El Clasico, I, I'd say, but yeah. it was it was still a pretty good game. 2-1 to one for Real Madrid. AJ guessed 2-1 to one in favor of Barcelona. Ron won. Ron won. Uh I guessed one to one. If only uh, Real Madrid could have scored just one less. Yeah, Lucas Vasquez, you screwed it up for him. Yeah, uh, but we both take zero points. Our listeners, they they saw the light again. They oh were like Real, Real Madrid. They're they're good guys. What are you doing? And they were in fact right. Ten points again. It just keeps piling up for them. And moving on to another game here in Italy, Napoli versus Roma. It was a pretty dull game if you were looking for goals, uh, to be honest. It ended 0-0. But if you were looking for some classic Jose Mourinho moments, Uh this this was the game for you. You know, the special one received a red card 81 minutes into the match for getting too frustrated with his side missing easy chances. Uh, Very frustrated. You know know how Jose gets it in the heat of the moment. I know. (laughs) So, you know... he he got a red card, and but that wasn't it. The passion in this match was so evident as the game ended with a brawl between the two sets of players, oh my which led to four players getting booked, including Dries Mertens and Jordan Veritao, I believe. I can't remember the other two, but four players booked in that. And, of course, uh, Luciano Spalletti, coach for Napoli, getting sent off. Wow. Pretty bad for him getting sent off also getting rid of the undefeated streak, uh, the only team in Europe's top five divisions to not have dropped a single point. He drops points today. Mm-hmm. And uh, fun fact about Italy, four managers were sent off in total you today. You know Gian Piero, Gasparini, and Tracks. Simone Anzaghi. Okay. So, Interesting. Yep. Four managers getting sent off. Uh, quite a day. Uh, not a great day to be a manager in Serie A, <laughs> really. Uh, but... AJ and I both got this wrong. We guessed, I guessed one to zero. AJ guessed two to zero. Only at zero points, both in favor of Napoli. We thought they'd be good enough. Not today. Our listeners, 
Again, oh that, they, they, they were just they, they were just on top of the game today. And uh, they said that it would be a draw, and they got 10 points for that. <sighs> yep, they did get a draw. Again, if you want to participate and uh, be a part of this apparently winning bandwagon, follow us on at Final Third Show, fill out our polls on a... On there because apparently you guys are just better than us. Yeah. Not in this last game though. Philadelphia versus Nashville SC and MLS. Pretty good win for Philadelphia despite only winning by one. Uh oh, I always just Bilko. Just Bilko, thank you. <laughs> I, I looked at his name when I froze. I was like, <laughs> I I remembered. I do remember how to pronounce. It. I need to just like get the cobwebs out. Yes, he scored a penalty in the 18th minute, but it was a pretty comfortable. I'd say Philadelphia win. They won an XG chance created and shots. They controlled the match, which is exactly what you want to see. I'm really looking forward to how Philadelphia does in uh, the MLS playoffs. They had kind of a, a middling uh, season up until this point where they really kind of kicked things into gear. Now they are, in, I believe, second place in the East of MLS. So good for them. Jack and I both thought that, uh, you know, Philadelphia would win because... Uh, no, not Jack- both of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oops. Not both of us. Uh, Jack thought it would be a draw. And so did the listeners. Jack said it was zero zero draw. Listeners said it would be a draw, zero points. I actually believe in Philadelphia. I believe them just enough because I said one to zero for twenty points. Uh, those uh, are points that are hard to come by. So I'll take that. Take that indeed. And Jack, why don't you go over uh, the final score for this week? Yeah. Well, uh, I got ten points. Not a great week for me. The form wasn't sustainable. AJ picks up some form with thirty points. And the listeners, for the first time in Final Third history, TM, uh, you know, not TM, we don't have that actually, uh, but whatever, soon, (laughs) soon, uh, they picked up 40 points, which I believe puts them level on total points for the season with AJ. Yep. So he's got to, he's got to pick it up a little bit. I'm, I'm lucky that I had a 40 point gap. Jack, I gotta say, you gotta pick it up too, because we're only 20 points behind. If next week goes badly for you again... There's a chance that the listeners could be leading this race. Oh, boy. Which is a scary, scary thought. Well, you know what that means? We've got to predict well this week. Yes, and that we will. Moving on to this week's predictions, we are talking about a very wide range of games, I must say. This might be our widest range of uh, where games are, the gender of the, the, the people playing, you know what I mean? Like And the like, competitions as well. As always, if you want to participate in these polls and try to beat us again uh, at Final Third Show, fill out the polls on Mondays or Tuesdays whenever I decide to put them up. <laughs> and yeah, then listen to next week's episode to see what's up. This first game is a very important game. One, it's going to be in Minnesota. I will be getting root canal surgery, so I cannot make that game. Uh, Jack, I'm pretty sure tickets are a bit too expensive. Oh, they're like $125. Yeah, yeah. so we're going to be watching... Very excitedly from the sidelines, or from our couches, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should say. The sidelines, sidelines <laughs> the tickets would be like $500. Yeah, yeah. They're super expensive because this is Carly Lloyd's final game as a U.S. Women's National Team player. And it just so happens to be in St. Paul in Allianz Field against South Korea. They tied South Korea. U.S. Women's National Team did uh, this past week. Zero to zero. But now, this is it. This is their final, like, of the, the send-off tour carly lloyd jack are you feeling a win to leave us on a good note feel you've got it for 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 it you know you've got to try and manifest that because carly lloyd historic career really uh by any metric 
you know, the amount of goals she scored, the amount of caps she has, you know, really a historic player for the U.S. and just the game in general. So for that reason, I'm going to predict the U.S. to win. I'll say two to zero and Carly Lloyd to score at least one. Okay. That. All right. Well, I am going to have to agree with uh, the win happening because I, I obviously <laughs> want the U.S. Home right, team right, to right. win. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with what you went with two zero. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was actually gonna do that too, but I'm not gonna <laughs> do that now because I'm gonna go for a four to zero. Four, oh yeah, four to zero. Four to zero. Okay. That, Double down. Okay. That, that might be crazy, but I'm I'm gonna manifest. I'm gonna okay, manifest okay. a Carly Lloyd hat trick and Lindsey Horan to score a goal because for those of you who don't know, Carly Lloyd is. Uh, moving the number 10 jersey from herself to Lindsay. So I think that'd be a very fitting way to end her era and potentially start a new era for the U.S. women's national team. Let's move on to Nice versus Marseille, which I believe is a replay of a game that has or has been played, was aborted uh, earlier this uh, year. Uh, in case you have forgotten, uh, what was it? Nice fans started to throw stuff at Marseille players and eventually stormed the field. Mm -hmm. Crazy, crazy sights in Liga. And it's only crazier because this is a, such an important match. It's three versus four in Liga. Both sco score lots, but the difference is that Nice, in my opinion, keeps clean sheets. Not in my opinion, it's true. In fact, their five clean sheets is the most in the entire league. Uh, only uh, marginally uh, better than Marseille, yes, but... The fact that it's at home, the fact that that hostile crowd is still going to be there, I want to believe. Or did, did they get... I don't think that they I, got a No, punishment. I don't think there was any punishment for it. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy <laughs> match. Uh, I'm going to go for uh, two to one for Nice. Okay. Jack, what do you think? Well, this past weekend, Nice had an absolutely crazy game against Lyon. They were down two to zero in the 70th minute, and they scored three times in the last 10 minutes to win the game against Lyon. Marseille had an impressive weekend too, though. They, they did draw against PSG. That, that's, not, that's, not a, that's not an easy feat to do. So uh, both these teams came off of some good, uh, some good uh, weeks, but at the same point in time, Marseille couldn't, be, couldn't break down 10-man PSG. And I, I really like Nice. You know, the last time they, uh, the last time they played when it was abandoned, uh, Nice were leading... One to zero, courtesy of a Casper Dolberg goal. Can I say something real quick? Yeah. Do you think that there's a chance that they're going to start this from when it was aborted? That's what I'm not completely sure about, because if it is started from when it's aborted, I'd like then... to change my scoreline. <laughs> I'd like to say one to zero. I'm sticking with that. You're going to stick with, it with right. one to zero? Okay. Yes. I'm going to take two to one then. For, okay, for this. you can take two to one. I'll, I'll, take... I'll take two to one, because, uh, you know, Nice do keep clean sheets. They've got a solid goalkeeper in there, but... I do think Marseille still have some solid quality that sh that could shine through a little bit. Okay, well, and if they're starting from when the game is started, there's a chance that the fans aren't there too. Right. Yeah. So, so we'll we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Well, that's a can of worms I don't want to open. So let's move <laughs> on to uh, the best Champions League in the world, Concacaf Champions League, the final, which uh, unfortunately no MLS team is playing in. Mm, they never play in it. <laughs> They were in it last year. Oh, yeah, year. that's right. <laughs> they never win it. But, they never yeah. win it. That is true. Uh, and they won't win it 
for another year, apparently, because it's Monterey versus Club America in the final, playing in Monterey's uh, home stadium, Estadio BBVA. Probably a better way to pronounce that. I'm pretty sure BBVA is actually a company. It is, I'm yes. I'm forgetting. Uh, but between these two teams, they have uh, 11 titles, four for Monterey and a seven for Club America in the, the Champions League. But right now, Monterey are in pretty bad form. I think Club America will just be too much for them. Club America has lost just one game in this Liga Emekis season. It is in Monterey's home stadium, but when you just, when you just look at it, you're like, oh man, like Club America's kind of got this in the bag just based on form and his quality of players. Might be jinxing it. I know it's gonna be a way for them, but I'm going to go for I'm gonna go for three to one Club America. Okay. So here, here's what I'm seeing right now. Club America have won four out of uh, their last four games. Monterey have lost their last four games okay. in, in a row. Very, literally could not be more opposite in terms of form. Uh, I, I think, you know, Monterey has quality. They do. But this is Club America we're talking about. They're, <laughs> they're, they're one of the best teams in North America. Like just like they they are very yeah, not a hot take at all. Not yeah. a hot take. <laughs> I, I I hope not. If 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 uh, if you're questioning that, then I think you should watch some Club America because yeah. they are a solid team, and I think they're going to win this as well. Um, I, I I think it would be hilarious if Monterey somehow pulled out a win, but ultimately, you know, the series favors Club America as well. So uh, I'm gonna say. Zero to two for Club America. Okay, so we, we got a lot of same score lines here. Let's see if that continues with Portland Thorns versus North Carolina Courage. You might be wondering, AJ, why would you pick this? North Carolina Courage is a, you know, a pretty mediocre team in NWSL. And Portland Thorns, like, they're right now the best team in NWSL. They have, they have the shield. Why would you pick this? Well, dear listener, this upcoming week is the final week of the NWSL regular season, which means that the playoff uh, scenarios are flying off the wall. Everyone's trying to calculate what it takes to make it to the playoffs. North Carolina Courage are currently seventh. Top six make it in. They have to win against the top team in the NWSL in order to make the playoffs. Same Carolina Courage that were dominant in the NWSL. People were saying it's it's a fight to see whoever has to play the North Carolina Courage in the final because they were so dominant. And now you're looking from the outside in the playoffs they have to win this game and get some help to uh, make it into the playoffs but it's going to be at home in portland portland's going to be at home courage are going to be away it's a tough ask so jack before i give my answer do you think that the north carolina courage can sneak into the playoffs i think it's possible the thing is i don't know if portland is going to rest players or not because they have the tie, they have the shield. Ooh, that's right? so smart. So they they have the shield. There there is literally no reason that they have to go out and win this game. Like they 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 could field like an entire reserve squad, and it doesn't matter. They'd still have the shield. They'd still have the first seed. So I think it's possible that like you know the, I, I the thorns are just gonna wow. are just gonna put out a reserve squad, save some legs for uh the playoffs. For, for the yeah. playoffs. Oh my gosh! And because of that, and and also because the series. North Carolina Courage have beaten the Portland Thorns more often than you'd think. Inclu- like, I, I'm, call me crazy, but I'm going to go for the North Carolina Courage crazy. winning this 1-0. to zero. Ooh, that is so spicy. That is so spicy. 
I am going to go with the exact opposite. I right. do believe that they're going to rest players, but I just want to get the opposite result as you. <laughs> I, I got I to fill out, got to build up the difference. That's going to that's gonna be a fun game to watch. I cannot wait to watch the NWSL playoffs because, you know. There's going to be some good matchups. There, there's going to be some good matches, uh, especially with some of the teams like the Washington Spirit just finding form and are now uh, qualified for the playoffs in the third seed. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, let's move on to another final game, actually. Tottenham Hotspur versus Manchester United. So kind of funny because both these teams are teams that we lambasted earlier, both on poor form. It's a race to see who can finally get their form back on track. Uh, I got nothing else to say other than Spurs, I think, at home should be strong enough to beat United, hopefully. It's kind of a movable object versus a, a not invincible whatever. You know? <laughs> a stoppable force. A stoppable force versus a movable object. Exactly. <laughs> so I think it's going to be a 1-0 to zero Tottenham win. And nobody's going to be happy about anything because it's going to be like a crappy goal. And it's going to be like, well, both teams still suck because they can't create or do anything or defend or anything, anything, anything. So, Jack, what do you say? I... I, I could see that happening where Tottenham get a win somehow. But the last time uh, they played at Tottenham Stadium, Manchester United won. Uh, three to one, in fact. Uh, different circumstances, obviously. I mean, yeah, it, it was definitely out of the ordinary because Fred scored a goal. So I mean, <laughs> there, there is that to, to go along with it. But ultimately, I just feel like both of these teams are bad. They, they're, in, they're, fi- they're sixth and seventh in the table, yes. But they're both very bad right now. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm going to say a 1-1 draw. No one's going to be satisfied with the result of it, All but right. I feel like a 1-1 draw is just on the cards for this, or just a draw in general, you know? I, I feel like both of these teams are going to play meh. That's fair. That's <laughs> without fair. Varane for United, it, it's and without Kane really, like, I, I mean, really wanting to be there, <laughs> I think is, is the main issue. I think they're both going to struggle a little bit. So one to one. Why not? All right. All right. I like it. And listeners, as I said before, you can be a part of our uh, poll and our uh, predictions segment by going where, Jack? To our Twitter at Final Third Show. You can vote on the polls there uh, whenever those go up. You can also interact with all of the fun discourse on there about, you know, why do Norwich suck? Should Josh Sargent have gone to Norwich? Uh, why is Mourinho mad at the world? Mm-hmm. You know, all of the fun questions that, uh, that get answered. You can, uh, watch as I celebrate when Chelsea batter Southampton, you know, obviously in the Carabao cup. I hope that ages well. <laughs> I really hope that ages well. Uh, or, you know, you can laugh at me when, when, if they lose. So there you go. Either way, good yeah. content is going to be found on our Twitter at final third show. You could be sad with me when we, uh, West Ham eventually get battered by Manchester City. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. You have to play Man City in the cup. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you can also follow us on whatever podcasting platform you listen to us on at Final Third Show on Twitter. So that's not actually what I meant to say. Uh, I meant to say the Final Third on whatever podcasting platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, whatever is out there at this point. Whatever floats your boat. Whatever. We're probably on there. Probably. So go ahead, give us a rating as well. Five-star reviews we always like to read out on the show. And yeah, tell your dad about the show. I'm sure he would love to hear about how much you hate Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Tell your friend about the show as well. 
we're going to see you guys this Thursday for a deep dive episode that I probably am not going to be a part of because I'll probably be still recovering from uh, getting a root canal surgery. So good for me. Good for me. <laughs> but we'll see you guys next Monday for a very special news and predictions episode. Same time, the same place. See ya. Bye for now. <laughs>